This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. So we celebrate today's seal. I think of him, and, and I hope that, that we can continue this idea of making the study of Ramam so part of us that we, that we make it a priority in every way possible. As I mentioned earlier, we are honored to have the Russia Yeshiva, the Yeshiva of, of the Yeshiva of Greater Washington. For people that don't live in this area, they're still very familiar with Rabbi Lapiansky in his, in his writings, in his svarim, in his articles that give a, a sense of clarity and direction to people during um, turbulent times, during calm times, and we've had a little of those times um, lately. So if we could please give our undivided attention, um, as I have the schuss to call up, Rav Aaron Lapiansky. It's nice to be together with everyone for a Simcha Shal Mitzvah, um, especially the ones I've been acquainted for a long time, the, the Oise Mitzvah, Shlucha Mitzvah, Rav Olvovsky, Rav Daich, Rav Reichik, others. Uh, I'd also like to point out one of our own alumni, Tyberg, Bjorni Tyberg, is he here? Where, where, where's he on? Ah, who is really involved in so many activities here. And it's a nachzuach to see somebody from the yeshiva so involved in, in helping create community, Harbatzis Torah, and so on. Michael It's a custom that when you finish a safer, see? I said the right words, and, and then there he goes. <laughs> I knew he would catch the hint at some point. That was the... Okay, say um, that. Uh, so, the minig was always that in times when they had very brilliant and they finished either a tractate or all of shas and things like that, they would tie together the last phrase and the first phrase and show how there's some sort of organic connection and um, we're not up to that but what's appropriate is to study the very end of the Rambam and to get some sort of insight in things that are relevant to us. The Rambam's last section deals with kings, monarchy and I just want to make a point about it we don't see Kalal Yisrael as being a real Kalal, a real nation without a monarch. And the reason is, even though the world has had um, disappointing effects of the monarchs, of monarchy, it's not the ideal form of government and has a lot to do with the person of the people that ruled. Um, a democracy where everyone has equal vote is bearable, but doesn't have the sense of leadership that can move a nation forward. Klal Yisrael has a melech, and when we have the right melech, David Melech, Shlomo, the, those kings propelled Klal Yisrael to greatness because 
it was a man that stood above everyone and had what it took to lead us there. And that's why this, the, the Rambam finishes with Elchaz Malachim and the final king in Kal Yisrael will be Melach HaMashiach. So I'd like, and that's what he deals with in the last two chapters. I'd like to make first an external observation, then look at something inside. Because we live in a world where we're part and parcel of society around us, we do have to make comparisons with the way other people perceive things and the way we see things differently. Were we to live totally isolated, insulated, you could make a case that we don't need quote-unquote comparative religion. But because we are part and parcel of another world, it's sometimes important to sharp the distinctions. One distinction I'd like to point out before we get to the Rambam, if there are many, many, many myths, mythologies of um, different nations which somehow sort of copied ideas and yearnings and feelings that we have. Inevitably, the gods are always fighting about money, conquest, women, etc., etc. And somebody's trying to steal something or other, a magical helmet, shield, you name it, that can get you the, the, the conquest, the, the, the immortality, whatever you want. That's a sweeping description, which, because it's mythology, represents aspirations of them. If we take a look in the Torah, Kedosha, Lahavdo Elfafardolis, the temptation that caused other Mauritian to sin was Viyisem Kelokim Yodea Tovera, the absolute understanding of what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is bad, is the ultimate craving of a person, the way we understand. Because the deepest recess of a person is an ashama, it's a divine entity, then having that sense of absolute grasp of good and bad is the innermost desire of it. And that temptation um, did us in. Yes, we shouldn't have done it, but what a beautiful temptation. I, and again, the only reason I'm contrasting it is because we live in that world. Contrast it with anything else. And that will be the first sign of a difference between where Kalisol is and where the people that are a pay limitation, where their ideals and values are. A second area, and this is where we get to the Rambam. Almost every belief, religion, etc., believes in some sort of Messiah, end of days, etc., etc. The, the, the general theme is something about peace and harmony and pleasantness, which is undeniably desirable. Uh, it, it's not as if the world is not lacking wars and, and, and hunger and so on. So a general yearning for relief is understandable. And then what? And then what? So let's assume everything is just fine and good and peaceful. Sheep in a meadow are also peaceful and pleasant. And time goes on and on and they graze and they drink and they graze and they drink and 
they stroll about. Is that the vision for humanity? So the Rambam speaks about Mashiach and what is it that we're craving for. So I'm reading the last two halachas. Dalit. The prophets and the wise people that spoke about this era of Mashiach. Not to rule over the world. And not to rule over the other nations. And even though there are many prophecies about how the nations will hold us in great regard, that was not the purpose. And not in order that we can eat and drink and be merry. People will have the time, the ease of mind, the freedom to be able to study Torah and understand it. There won't be anyone disrupting or destroying it. To be able to bring them into that higher world of Olam Haba. Hey, the final. During the time of Mashiach, there will not be war or hunger. There will be a tremendous outpouring of good from Hashem. And delicacies will be like earth, it is so common. And the occupation of the world will be to try and understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is infinite and understanding his ways and so on is really an infinite road. It's constant progress with constant direction to keep going further. So we will have our physical needs will, will be taken care of so that we can spend our time, our mind, our efforts to understanding that. They will be very wise people. We'll be able to understand deep and hidden things. And we'll understand about Hashem as much as is humanly possible. And he brings a Pasik, and that time the knowledge of Hashem will fill the world like the waters cover the ocean. That's the Rambam here. So, A, first of all, it gives us a lot to think about, about what is our sense of striving, where are we headed to, what's the point of it, and what is it that we wish for. When we hope for Mashiach, we hope, yes, an end to all the Tsaris, but the ability to be able to move forward with that which a human being and a Yisrael is particularly endowed and charged with. But I like to focus on a phrase that he uses here from the Pasuk. The phrase says, the Mola Oretz Deir, Es Hashem, the world will be filled with an understanding of Hashem, Kamayim Liyam as waters cover the oceans. It's a unique phrase, it's a Pasuk, but there's something about it 
any wise person, when they use some sort of phrase to sort of emphasize something, the phrase is not empty. I, I, it, it has meaning. So I'm trying to convey a lot. Well, it's, it's an, I could say like the sands in the Sahara. That sounds like a lot. I could say like the stars in the sky. Whenever the Torah, whenever Tanakh uses a phrase, a metaphor, it, it's not just a bland kind of, okay, we'll look for something that's a lot. How much water is the ocean? An awful lot. Wow, what a great metaphor. There's something there extremely specific describing a facet of, um, of, of being, of existence, that's unique. And I want to try to understand that. And we'll do it by comparing it to another place where the Rambam uses this phrase. The Rambam, for those of you who've studied the Rambam, I'm sure that you've gotten the understanding the Rambam's material is extremely dense, tightly packed. It is almost all halacha. And at the end of every great section, the Rambam offers a point or two about the meaning of that which is covered. And they are gems, each and every one of them. At the end of Tahara, which deals with the most esoteric topic, halachically esoteric topic, of purity and impurity. A lot of technical details, very difficult to grasp the meaning. In other words, when we study about monetary laws, a lot of it is intuitive. There are changes from what we would intuit, but we get the idea. My money, his money, obligations, responsibilities, debts, etc. We have a sense of it. Tumma and Tahara, purity and impurity, we don't have a sense of it. And that's why it's, it's cryptic. We, we, we can deal with the halacha, but we really don't know what we're dealing with. So the Rambam offers us some insight. The Rambam says, Yes, we know clearly that all these laws of Tum and Tyre are divine decrees. Um, and, and it is not it, it is not something that we intuitively can, can have a sense of. And then he says, So the concept of Tome itself is something that we have no intuitive grasp of it. And going to the mikveh is also something that doesn't seem intuitively to be meaningful. Tome is not a physical dirt that will go up with the water. So, so why in the world, what is it? So he says that A, yes, it's a divine decree, but it has a lot to do, he says, with our mind. And he brings a halacha, it is a rabbinic halacha, but he it, but it, but it uses it to, to buttress his point, that if a person is sitting idly and a wave covers him, he does not become fully pure because he never had in mind to be in the mikveh. So if a person fell in accidentally, didn't realize it, unless a person <laughs> thinks about it, it's lacking. And now he explains, he says that if a person is mechaving libo letaher, if a person wants to become pure, 
if he goes into the river, even though nothing even though nothing has changed internally um, since he's mentally prepped himself to, 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 to distance himself from thoughts that are wrong so he says and he immersed himself in the waters of das of cognizance understanding to her he becomes to her he becomes pure then he brings a pasik about a kachbar who eventually purifies the rambam eerily uses the same idea that the person has become covered with water and that has made the change and it echoes it if you listen to it kamayim layam mechasim and the idea of the mikveh bringing himself into mehadas he's using that same idea where water is das and both is the same seems to, to, to bring us some sort of sense of something now let's try to describe what that is Drummond puzzles by the fact that we haven't made a change in our body and yet we change from being Tamita to her. We live in a physical world and any change that we expect in a person, I take a pill. So the pill changes something, it adds chemicals to my body, it interacts with my body, and I understand why it gets healthy. For someone who, who doesn't understand radiology, it doesn't make any sense. Why would I stand here and a machine there makes a change? But we do understand the, 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 the energy that moves and that becomes part of our body and so on. But there's another dimension and that is the world that we live in. The, the things that are axiomatic to us, the things that seem to be the very essence of the world, it makes a difference which world you live in. For instance, a child growing up in a certain society, so having money is what makes it successful. Stealing, you wrestle with it because having more money makes me more important, makes me better, makes me bigger. That's the world. Who says is, is, is like an irritating question. For someone who grows up in a certain society, the norms of the society are the world that they live in. That's what it is. And it affects you in the most profound way. If six, every person has an inner need to be successful, but if in the world that I live in, success is measured by this, this, or that, that's my world. I come to a different world, and success is measured by how giving are you, how modest are you, how understanding are you, how knowledgeable are you, that becomes a very, very different experience. And everything about it changes because not yet you worked on a particular point, but you're in a different world where the understandings and the axioms and everything about it are different. That is the Rambam's marshal of Mayim Layam Mechasim. It says in the Sfarim 
that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Gemara says every animal that we find on the land we find underwater. In other words, there are fish and mammals similar to things in this world. And the Gemara goes through certain examples. The point of it is not, the Gemara is not teaching us marine biology. That's not the coursework of the Gemara. But it's explaining something. Hashem created two worlds. There's the world where the atmosphere is air. Take take a human being out of this atmosphere and dump him in the water, or take any animal, they will die because they don't have the ability to take oxygen. Then there's a world of water. Take a fish out of there and put him on the land, the fish dies. Because each world has its own atmosphere, so to speak, and its own medium of existence. And the Gemara is trying to explain there's a world that is in the air and a world underwater. And there are many deep ideas behind it. It's not our, that's not where we're going with it. But the point is living in a world where the entirety of the world is something makes a difference in every single element in that world. And therefore, the Pasik, the way the Ram was explaining the Pasik, I believe, is the reason why the world is the way it is today, and what, even if everybody were to do good, and everybody were to be a nice person, a good person, but that's not the atmosphere of the world. The world is not filled with das. We, we still recognize that material is important, and strong is important, and so on. But there is another type of world that's covered by das, covered by divine cognizance that has a whole different sense of things. And that's the world that we want to be immersed in. So in, in the future, I said, Lovo, Omola Aretzdeya Kamayim Layam Echasim. It means cognizance, understanding, understanding right and wrong becomes the very atmosphere of the world. This is what he means, I think, to say by Tumah and Tahara. When a person becomes Tumay, we don't get it. Our mind in the world today can't get it. We can say a lot of nice things about what it's symbolic about and so on, but we don't get it because it's not our world. But the one thing we realize is you don't need to make the change in the body. You need to submerge the body into a different world. And that creates the change. So the Rambam says going into the mikveh echoes that type of universe. By changing the universe you're in, you're in a very, very different place. I'd like to try and bring that forward to us also. But we, we also have the ability to do that. All the mitzvahs that we perform are single items and actions. When we study, we immerse ourselves into it, especially if we study in a way that we're immersed. In yeshivas, the classical paradigm was ligging and learning, which literally means to, to steep yourself in learning. It meant 
and 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 a lot of times you you did not you, you don't correct a student on particular activities you, you hope that changing his world will change a lot and it does that's that's what yeshivas are built on at some point we move on and we're in the world but studying torah is something that has that effect and it means it's all of the mitzvahs have specific effects studying torah has a general effect and in many ways i believe the reason why i I'm not second-guessing the Rebbe, but the reason why the Rambam was chosen, because the Rambam says, he writes in the introduction, because it's difficult for people to get a sense of the totality of Torah, you have to go through a lot of arguments and try to figure out how, what, and when. And sometimes we lose out in being able to see a big picture. The Rambam intended that from the first halacha to the last, you have a total picture you have a picture of the totality of Torah. In the laws from A to Z, there is not a single law that is relevant, um, and, and not only relevant today, but will be relevant, that the Rambam does not bring. The Rambam does not bring halachas that were once relevant and are not relevant today, but the Rambam does bring any halacha that will be relevant, because that's all Torah that should envelop us. So learning and studying, and if a person, the difference in learning once a week or once a day, or for the people that are fortunate a few times a day, is a difference in how much you're immersed. It's not a difference in, so a person who gives more tzedakah and less tzedakah, it's a quantity. But studying on a regular basis, the more regular basis, the more a person is submerged. And therefore, this is the most appropriate of occasions to encourage people to be kovea itim on a regular basis, to study on a regular basis. For those who are capable of learning the Rambam, the Rambam is an incredible panorama. It, it does include the totality of Torah. It's amazing. But the first and foremost thing is that Torah study become regular and understanding that the regularity of it is not just more. For a person who studies once a week versus a person who studies seven days a week, it's not just seven times as much. It's a difference between doing something and being immersed in something. Our vision of what it is that we strive for is we are striving for Vyadata Sashem to understand Akarish Baruch Hu, to, 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 that our minds should resonate with the emes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and anything that's in Torah will someday resonate with us. And if we, if we do ours, and we do our best to submerge ourselves, be it for five minutes a day, for an hour a day, for, for what a person can do, then Be'ez Hashem will be zeichet to this besur bekarav that that umolar atzteyak kamayni amechasim. The world will become filled with the totality of it, and that will become our atmosphere and our understanding. Be'ez Hashem chazak chazak, and shvivas chazak. I apologize. I'd like to spend more time, but I, I have to run off. I have a day job, so so Be'ez Hashem. Okay.